Good morning, turtleheads. I hope Monday went as well as it could have gone for you and you took on some mindfulness from yesterday's podcast and applied it and made some moves. Now today, I'm going to hit you with some stoicism. So these are some of my notes um, saved from various books and stuff like that and I thought that I'd share some of them that really resonated with me anyway. So the first thing is to like um, realise that a lot of people are confusing pleasure and happiness and find it different to see a, a different perspective on life. So it's always about pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. If it's not pleasurable, I'm not happy, right? So that's false pleasure, it isn't happiness. That's the first thing to realise. Um, and Don Robertson mentions in his book on Stoicism that chasing empty, transient pleasures can never lead to true happiness in the long run. However, pleasure can be tricky. It can lure us in by posing as something it's not what we're all really seeking in life is a sense of authentic happiness or fulfillment, the Stoics called eudaimonia. So we don't necessarily want to always be feeling pleasurable. What we want is to feel like we're fulfilling a kind of purpose. And this doesn't have to be, you know, changing the world, running massive companies, making millions. You know, this sense of pleasure is, the sense of purpose is like, am I, it could be something like, am I a role model? to my kids? Am I raising my kids and trying to be the best human I can be around them? That's a big purpose in life. One of the most important, in fact. The next generation of people are going to essentially inherit this planet and we all know what needs to be done with all the climate stuff and changes and all that stuff and hopefully all the corruption and all that's gone and they're going to be the next people. So these are the people that need to be, need to have solid role models in their life. And I imagine that should be a big purpose. Um, but it could be loads of stuff. It's very different for every person. But I feel like when you've got a purpose, you take the hardships in your stride. It's not always pleasurable. If your purpose is to be the healthiest version of yourself, to inspire people around you, your kids, your partner, to live a longer life so you can be around to support them, then that you don't, you're not going to expect that to be very pleasurable to you. It's going to be one of those ones that sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it really, really sucks. Some of the training is, oh, I hate it. Sometimes you're not great on, the, on your, I just want to eat 10 donuts, but I've tapped into my mind and gone, I don't eat 10 donuts, it's me being silly, right? So there's, there's like, it can't always be pleasurable when, you go, when you're following your purpose. It's probably more, it's probably more frustrating than it is enjoyable. Um, but I feel like you can find enjoyment in the, in the struggles. Um, there's definitely a way of doing that. In the book, we're reading a book club now called Flow. There's definitely something about that in there about being able to tap into that. So Donald then goes on to explain, not surprisingly, Hercules, who was the mythic hero most, advi- most admired by the cynics and stoic philosophers, his labours embodied the belief that it's more rewarding to face hardship voluntarily and cultivate strength of character than to take the easy option by embracing comfortable living and idleness, okay? And you've got to think about this. Um, if you've seen the trailer of the new Barbie I don't know if any of you have seen the new trailer for the new Barbie film. There's actually the choice of Hercules is on that trailer, if you look out for it. So she's basically gets banished from Barbie world, and then she meets someone in the, on the road, and it says, right, you've got one path, you can go back to um, Barbie world, but there's this other path, you've got to go to the real world, and it's going to suck, and it's going to be grey. And she goes, I want to go to the, went back to Barbie world. She's like, no, you have to go to this one. That's essentially the choice of Hercules. Barbie is going on the choice of Hercules path. She's going to go and learn what the real world is like to learn something. It's going to suck for a bit, but there'll be something out of it. 
Oh my god, I can't believe I've used Barbie the film in the podcast. Unbelievable. But yeah, it's quite 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 uh, quite on it, that Barbie film with that choice of Hercules. So what path do you want to go down? You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna travel a path anyway, right? So we're all gonna go down a path anyway to the end of the road. And you could go on the easy one if you want. When you look back you go See, when I was younger, I think I could have done a bit more. And you're never going to be younger again. So you'll always feel like you're going to be too old, but you never are. It's just the mind. But maybe you will be too old when you're like 70-something to do something. But you see people are 50s, 60s, are fit now. Completely different, different world. So which road do you want to look back on at the end that you try to travel? And that's really a big question for you to ask. Ask yourself. So Marcus Aurelius, like the Hercules in the fable, chose to avoid these sort of distractions, or at least keep them to a minimum. The unnamed slave from whom he learned so much as a child had wisely counseled him not to take the side of the greens or the blues in the chariot races, or back different factions in the gladiatorial lists. These are the main forms of public entertainment in Imperial Rome, and it seems the masses were just as addicted to them as many of us are as spectator sports and reality TV today. So Marcus was advised not to fall into the, the pleasure trap of supporting teams and being absorbed into them, you know, for three or four days, a month or whatever it is. Is it like Saturdays, four Saturdays, sometimes it's like Friday. Uh, better not get, get sucked into that. Marcus really has that in mind when he repeatedly tells himself that the goal of life is not pleasure, but action. Right? What action are you doing today towards the life you want to live? If you're telling me, Scott, I want to be lean, I want to be healthy, I want better work-life balance, I want a better job, I want to earn more money, um, I want to be more attractive, I want to be more confident. I'm like, okay, well, doesn't matter whatever you say. What's the action today that you'll do in that leads potentially to that outcome? Outcomes are never, you know, guaranteed. But what are you doing? You know, are you looking after yourself? Are you trying to eat? decent food and what I mean by decent nutritious foods and you know me I'm happily eating Oreo ice cream sandwiches Mars ice creams all those types of stuff I maintain a body weight that I'm happy with um, that I that I that that enables me to go and have drinks with my friends go out and have have food train three times a week sometimes four um, walk relatively decently maybe eight to ten other steps a day get a lot of my work done and that's me happy like that that's me in this zone that I can handle and I push sometimes go okay could I get back down to being lean like I was back in the day and the, the lifestyle that I would that I need to follow for that probably is not worth it for me and that's fine so my actions are to lead this lifestyle what is going on in there Something in the bush. I might need to be on guard here. I'm going to get attacked by a squirrel or something. Okay, let's have a look. Binge drinking, casual sex, gambling and partying become his way of coping, albeit badly with the pressures of his role. The Stoics believe that entertainment, sex, food and even alcohol have their place in life. Yes. They're neither good nor bad in themselves. However, when pursued excessively, they can become unhealthy... So the wise person sets reasonable limits on his desires or her desires and he exercises the virtue of moderation, nothing in excess. 
when doing what feels pleasurable becomes more important than doing what's actually good for us or our loved ones though that's a recipe for disaster okay so what is excess in the things we're doing you can you can do good things to excess you can train to excess most of us don't need to train more three four times a week yes there'll be some of you that want to compete in things and you will need to train and push the body fine but as your base, as, your, as we might call it, your healthy base, three times a week, nothing to excess. When you can't track and you're on holiday, you're out drinking, right, you start thinking, right, it's 11 p.m., do I really need to have more drinks? Sometimes we will keep going and sometimes we can actually catch it and go, no, I don't. And you start drinking water and you realise no one actually cares what you're drinking and drinking water and next day you go, do you know what, I can feel awesome, right? feel awesome for it you know I'm I, I start to you know mixing uh, having some alcoholic drinks but then having the um, non-alcoholic drinks so mixing it about and I find it's much better because I still feel a bit off the beer but then I'm not getting like proper steaming and I think there's a new one now high indican silver or something I'm seeing about um, I think it's like a lower alcohol version of the normal one so there's definitely going to be more options in the future where the, the alcoholic drinks we have are going to have some alcohol number less so it's going to make it easier for us to follow the, the maximum of nothing in excess um, so yeah think about it like even work obviously but I think work-life balance is a difficult one because when you are working on something you really are passionate about and you like doing it and it's really enjoyable what your balance is gonna be different to someone that hates their job and their balance right like my work is me so for me my work is just, I can't, yeah, it's just me. So, like, obviously, I will have breaks and stuff like that, but I can't follow the, I can't really get on board with this kind of, like, 50-50 split. It's like, you want to make sure, I feel like, you want to make sure you have enough time alone to, like, be aware, gather under your thoughts, read or whatever, for me anyway, and the time to do workouts and stuff like that, time for your friends time to like do things you want to do in life like travel and visit places um and then the other the other part of your time is like in and out of work working on things researching reading all of it's kind of encompassed in the same work versus spending our time you know watching tv and stuff like that so different for me i don't know what you guys think about it but it's more so like am i feeling stretched am i feeling right now i'm feeling pushed to my limit and i've definitely been there and then you have to pull back. So that's maybe more of what we should be looking at. Am I being pushed too much right now? Am I being overwhelmed? Am I feeling like I'm very on edge? Am I feeling like I could snap at someone at any time? Someone says one thing, you're biting the head off. You start thinking, wow, that's not me. That's not how I, that's not how I usually am. Why am I reacting this way? Well, it's because you've probably been pushed many areas and you're feeling stressed and you want to lash out. So let's have a look into that. Um, Marcus Rilas also saw his this healthy attitude of cheerfulness in the face of adversity with his own eyes as exhibited by his beloved Stoic tutors. They had taught the young Marcus that inner calm and happiness are the, most, are the natural consequences of a life well lived in accord with genuine wisdom and self-discipline. More importantly though, he had witnessed evidence of this being the actual way of life embodied in the action of these great men even in the face of terrible adversity 
and I mentioned this last week, like, if you can remain calm when shit is going wrong, that's when, that's kind of like where we all want to get to. And I think there's a great poem on this. I'm going to read it. I'm going to finish off this poem. I'm going to go for it. You would have heard this one by Ricard Kipling. If if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Yeah, lovely. If you can keep your head. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. Obviously trust yourself, guys. But also be open to um, people giving you some criticism or whatever. Some of your friends might say something you don't like and you actually may go, is there something in this? Let's have a look. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good, no talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thought your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. That's my favourite uh, couplet, unreal. Think about it. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. Because they are imposters. When you win, you're at, your big, you're at the biggest chance of failing. You see it in things all the time. You get these companies, oh, we've got a big round of investment. Or, I've, or like when a rugby team scores and then they're like, yeah, we scored. And they, they kind of don't concentrate and the other team has scored back. Like at the time of triumph, you think you've triumphed. It's, it's not true. Like it, it, it sometimes is the downfall of people. Um, and we've got to be careful of like not letting ourselves get carried away by these big wins that we have or wins, thinking we've done everything, the work is done. Because you're going to trip up. And obviously the, the disasters we all think we go through are, are never really disasters when you zoom out. When you take a bird's eye view of all the stuff that's happened in your life. And I'm not talking about death and stuff like that. I'm talking about like a speech that went wrong in work or a terrible interview or, you know, a breakup and all that stuff. When you zoom out to look at it now... You're like, yeah, that wasn't actually a disaster. Probably one of the best things that happened to me. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to, made, to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you give life to broken and stoop and build them with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. Unreal. That's what Mondays are. Can you can you not complain about the weekend and just go, go again? You're not on off path. You just go again, go again, go again. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, love. If neither foes nor friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiven minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything is in it, and with and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Oh, what a poem. So, I think that's kind of what we're going to finish on today, guys. Is, can you do, can you, can you deploy the things we spoke about now? And I think uh, if you can keep your head when all around you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can keep your head. Can you keep your head? Can you keep a cool head today? Can your one big thing be to keep a cool head? And take action, like Marcus Aurelius says? I don't know. Let me know. Um, 
have a good day, get your one big thing done, and I'll see you all tomorrow.